koinonia, I will be concluding it today. Last week, Pastor, I talked about the benefits. And one of it is your comforter. He's your advocate. What else? Church. He's your strengthener. He's your counselor. So these are the many benefits. And he's, he will do much more for you. So today we're going to talk to them how. How do we build that intimacy? How do we talk to him more often? And that's what we're going to focus on. I'm going to list out three things, about six of them. How we can actually build this relationship with the Holy Spirit. How can we utilize the power? Let us, the one called alongside with us. Who is beside you? Who is beside you? Two, four, seven. He never sleeps. He never slumbers. He is always there. So how do you maximize that relationship? How do you maximize that partnership? Because it's your senior partner. Only when you give him role, opportunity. So the first thing I want to establish is this. You can't have fellowship with someone you keep referring to as it. You can't have fellowship with someone you keep referring to as it. Something told me. No, it's not something. It's a person. He has a personality. He's someone. He has emotions. The Bible says what? Grieve not the Holy Spirit. For you to grieve somebody, that means the person has emotion. He has a feeling, is he not? And also he can express that feeling. So you need to recognize that one is not a hit, it's a person. Yes, it might exist outside the realm of our reality, time, matter, and space, but it's still a person. Outside time, matter, and space, there's another world. There's a spiritual world. And which actually influences this. So you need to acknowledge him. The Bible also says, what? So do not what? Quench. That means do not shut him up. I mean, if he wants to express himself. So for you to build that relationship, for you to maximize that opportunity, for you to build that relationship with God, with the Holy Spirit, you need to recognize him as a person. He has a consciousness. Praise the Lord. Get me Job. Yeah, let me Job 32, verse 8. So, but there's a spirit in man. See, but, it's, but there's a spirit in man, and the breath and the expression of the Almighty give it understanding. Give me like the NIV or NLT. See, but there's a spirit in a person. The breath, I like to put it, the spirit of the Almighty gives him understanding. You're already a spirit. Or call the Holy Spirit, he is a spirit. So, if you exist as a person, as a spirit, that means the Holy Spirit is a person too. In Genesis 1, to say the word, the Spirit of God moved. Anything that can move has a personality, has a consciousness. I'm trying to establish all of this that you cannot have a relationship with something. You can't have a relationship with something where you keep calling it it. So, you must identify with the Holy Spirit as a person. That he has a consciousness. 
you must carry the conscience of the spirit. Conscience of his personality as we interact with him, he grows stronger. For those who are in a relationship, be a male or a female, you recognize that person as someone, is it not? You do just know you recognize as someone, and the more you interact with that person, the more the world relationship world grows stronger and firmer. But you recognize that person as a woman or as a lady or as a guy. You identify that personality. And when that person is not with you, you see it carry that word, that consciousness of the person. Is it not? Same thing to a in your church. Keep carrying that consciousness of the Holy Spirit. Keep carrying that consciousness of the Holy Spirit that is called alongside with you. He's called alongside with you. Our salvation gives us a relationship. But when we pursue the Holy Spirit, it brings intimacy. Yes, from the moment you get born again, you have that relationship. But when you pursue the Holy Spirit, intimacy comes into play. But I'll keep saying it again, you can't pursue something if you keep calling it it. Praise the Lord, church. Are you with me? So, number two. Your relationship cannot go higher than your obedience to the Holy Spirit. Your relationship cannot go higher than your obedience to the Holy Spirit. Your relationship with the Holy Spirit cannot go further than the level of trust you've given to him. She must be willing to obey. You must be willing. Now the Bible will call him the helper. We call him the counselor. And we call him the advocate. He has helped you to, to, to be saved. You've gotten your salvation. Now you've had your salvation. He's going to counsel you. He's going to guide you. But for him to advocate for you, he must be able to have done what he has called you to do. He has integrity. If I to ask Amazie to have advocate for Motola, she must know that Motola has obeyed instructions she has given her in guiding, in, in, in mentoring. Like I said, Bolly say, this girl can be a good lawyer any point, any place. So for the Holy Spirit to advocate for you, you must have actually followed him in step by step. You must have walked with him step by step. So it's not just enough to say he's my advocate. Yes, he is. But his integrity is at stake. He can't advocate for you. When two days ago he told you to do something and you refused, you argued with him. He asked you, don't go to that place. Strong head. You went ahead. You're not sure can he has that confidence that when he asks advocate for you to go for that job, that when they give you money, you know misbehave. Then when I say Christians, that's what they do. Who is taking the shame now? And you've called his name. You've come to church. God is the one that helped me. He led me. He did everything. Cast on boss now. They begin blame church. They say, yes, church, sign reference. 
pastor signed reference. But for the Holy Spirit to advocate for you, you have to, church, follow his counsel. You have to follow his counsel. If you want to go deeper with the Holy Spirit, you need to be willing to obey him. You need to be to trust him. If I ask some of you to do right now, are you sure you're going to eat tomorrow? Both of you said yes, 100%. You trust God that he will provide for you. Is it not church? Is it not church? Do you trust that by tomorrow you'll be at your workplace? But if I ask that, I say, do you trust that God will heal you of that ailment you have? Or God will give you that job you're so seeking for? Or God will give you that house you so believe? You see that the trust level starts going down. It starts coming down. If you can trust him to do the little, still trust him to do much more. It's the same trust. It's the same faith you need to exercise. It's the same faith you need to exercise. The Holy Spirit, like I said, is a dangerous way. He wants to be trusted. He wants you to believe him. The more you trust him, the more he's going to open up himself more to you. He's going to tell you the secret stash that are meant for you. He's going to reveal those things that are kept for you only when you trust him. Like I said, your relationship can only go higher. can't go higher than your obedience. It's the extent to which you obey. That's the extent to which he will open up to you. I know sometimes it's a struggle. We want to be in control because that's the main thing most challenges we have as believers, as Christians. We won't have that sense of control. Because when you deal with the Holy Spirit, you're not sure of the next thing. You're not sure. We want to be able to plan and say, I'll do this, I'll do this, I'll do this, I'll do this, I'll do this. But you know when you're a man of the Spirit, He can give you instructions at any point in time, in any form, in any way. For you to have a deeper relationship, you need to make room for him and yield. Yield. Yield 100%. Because it's in yielding, you can actually obey him easily. It's in that place of yielding. Bring your 100% yielded to him. That he believes you can say, hey, leave this place, go over. Like for the workers, we did a study of um, Jonah. God told him, Jonah, move. Go over to Nineveh. Have a mission there. This people needs to be saved. Go and preach. But the Bible says, Jonah went to the port, paid for transport, took a, ver- a boat, and went to the other end of the world. Jonah was to go to Benin Republic, which is just like two hours. But Jonah deliberately went to the park, took a bus, going to Calabar. That exactly, if you look at the map, that's exactly what he did. He went in the opposite, opposite direction. And that's, you can't walk with God that way, with the Holy Spirit. You need to be able to yield 100%, be it in your marriage, be it in your relationship, whatever, be it in your workplace. 
You need to yield 100%. The more you yield to him, the more you make more room for him, the more you see his work in your life. Praise the Lord. Thirdly, come back to him when you make a mistake. This is where really the most difficult part. Come back to him when you make a mistake. As believers, oftentimes, partly with this series we've done now, most of us believe our faith would have stirred up, would have grown stronger. You start praying more. You start studying the word more. You start fasting. You put it into your routine. You're doing everything. Things are moving fine. Then one day, something happened. You slipped. And from that day, you just want to like, ah, I can't pray again. I don't want to go to church. You want to stay at home. You want to try and fix yourself first. Then you think you're in a good place. You can't go back to no church. That's not it. Even that your mess, it still wants you to come. It still wants you to come. In the book of Genesis, God set up a meeting between Adam and his wife. On that fateful day, Adam misbehaved. God knew. Adam had misbehaved. But yet, God still showed up for that meeting. He didn't ask Angel Gabriel to cancel the meeting. He asked one of the angels. He knew Adam had misbehaved. He knew Eve had misbehaved. But just, the Bible says what? At the close of the evening, what did he say? You heard the Spirit of God. God was what? Moving in the garden. And he called unto Adam, where are you? We had an appointment today. Sure. But what did Adam do? The Bible says what? He hid. That's not what it ought to be for us believers. So whatever mess you think you've got to yourself, God is aware. He's aware. He knows. From the moment you orchestrated it in your mind to the moment you executed it, he, knew, he knows that you have misbehaved. He's aware. Thinking Sam says, even if I make my bed in hell, see, even you are there with me. Or if I go to the heaven, see, you are there with me. So where do I think you want to run away from? God is aware. Still go back to Jonah. When Jonah misbehaved, it's so funny when I read that, the first, first two verses of chapter 1. It says, and Jonah ran away from the presence of God. I'm like, can you get sense? You're running away from the presence of God. When the Bible says what? The health is what? It's his foot too. So you're just running from one toe to the other toe. That's what it is. So church, whatever mess you've gotten yourself, come back to him. Come back to him. He will fix you. That's why he sent his son Jesus to come, to die, so that he can fix you. We will call him the Holy Spirit. It's not just an, a qualification of who he is. That's who he is exactly. He is holy. Holy as a person. Everything about him is holy. So the best person to fix you, he's him, the Holy Spirit. He's him. So come back to him. What did Adam do? The Bible says Adam took leaves and hid himself. That's not it. Whatever you're doing right now to fix yourself, 
You're just complicating the issue. Because think about it. The Bible says he's a loving God. This message is what endures forever, is it not? If Adam had thought about it and before God showed up and said, Father, I'm sorry, and misbehaved, I think God would have, situation would have turned around. If he had asked for mercy, if he had asked for mercy at that moment, I believe things would have turned around. The Adam kept quiet. What did Adam do? He just tried to fix it. But God leaves to cover himself. I think some weeks back, my eight-year-old son, so I think it was around nine, okay, it's between eight and nine. Usually they go to bed around nine. So he came to my to our room to tell us good night. So as he was going, so he had some chocolate on the floor. So he picked it, arranged it. Sir, mommy, should I arrange it? We say arrange it. So he arranged it. As he was going, you guess what he have done? He took one, hid it, and was going. I said, Mommy, good night, mommy, good night. I say, hey, don't come here. Drop that chocolate. So, sometimes that's what we do. We think God, he sees. He sees it. No matter how messed up what it is, let it not interfere with your relationship. It's more interested about you. More. You're more important than that mess. Because he knows that mess is temporary. You know that means that if he gives, if he walks, if you allow him to walk with you, to walk in you, to walk with you, he will transform you. That means will become a message. Only if you allow him. So stop running away. Come back to him. Come back to him. Praise the Lord, church. And the fourth one, feed yourself with messages about the Holy Spirit. Feed yourself with messages about the Holy Spirit. If I use the normal ownership we have, boy, girl, if a guy is trying to toast a girl, probably for the first time, one of the likely things likely to do is to meet someone who knows that particular lady or the guy. Is it not? To get information. Who is this person? How is she? How is he? What does he like? What's going on? So that they know how to. And sometimes where you don't know so much, you can pick up books of people who have interacted with him. Of people who have had encounters with him. So one of the first places to start is the Bible. Feed yourself with the word. Feed yourself with the word. If you look from Genesis to date to Revelation, you see the acts of the Holy Spirit all over the place. Genesis 1-2, you see his creative work. In the life of the kings, you see what he did with Saul. He anointed him to do great things. Yet he misbehaved, but yet the spirit was still there. And when David came into the sin again, he released the anointing upon him also. For the prophets, for the leaders. And one thing I would say here, see, the power of the Holy Spirit is, is the promise that has been given to you, to you. You have been promised his presence. 
But it's only when you take your time to want to know him. Take your time. Ask him. When you pick the Bible, sit down, really read through it. Ask the Father, reveal yourself to me, Holy Spirit. He will talk to you. Oftentimes, one of the challenges we have have as Christians, we have a certain expectation how the Holy Spirit, how God should behave, how he should reveal himself to us. On Saturday, I had an engagement with somebody. And I was like, Pastor, help me. I've been doing fasting and praying regularly, but somehow, I'm not saying things the way, things are not just going the way I want. He reads the Bible, he prays, does everything. But some of that, as if God is not speaking to him. More discussion, I realize that there's a certain way he expects God to talk to him. And like in my fellowship in school, God is not a Methodist. He's not a Baptist. There's no method to God. You can't box him. That's why Moses is asking him, say, who should I say that sent me? He says, I am that I am. He qualified himself by himself. Because the moment he qualifies himself by something he has created, he qualifies himself to that thing. Praise the Lord, church. I think I lost the train of my thought. What led me to that part? Praise the Lord. Okay, but let me just go straight. So, feed yourself with the messages. First, I'll talk about is the Bible. Take time to study the word. Take time to study. Then get Christian books on that subject. Good moral spirit is a good one. That I will recommend. Then messages, video messages, audio messages, be it from church or be it from any other denomination that you know they're actually saying the truth, not just go and listen to one junk. Stuff that will clarify and explain to you. So this is who the Holy Spirit is. This is dealings. This is how it works. Praise the Lord. The last part there. Invest your life in ministry. See, when you are equipped by the Holy Spirit. It's not to get promoted at your workplace. It's not to make so much money. It's not to just make you healthy, heal you. It's beyond that. You are equipped for ministry. You are equipped to save souls. Let's read Acts 1 verse 8. Acts 1 verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea, Samaria, and all to the hands of the earth. Key thing, you will be what? My witnesses. When the Holy Spirit comes on you. So when the Spirit comes on you, utilize it not just to give you wisdom, to do great things. After that, so what? He needs you to go out save souls. He needs you to go out there, reach out to the lost. In your work environment, 
in your family, out there in the streets. You are saved to call others to save others. And that is equipping you. That's the main reason it's equipping you. Called alongside is to equip you to do the work of ministry, to populate the kingdom of God, to establish the kingdom of God. It's not to come and brag. I lay hands on the sick and they're healed. Not to come and brag. I got promoted. Yes. But the key, the main purpose is for you to go out there, reach out to the same. See, if you really want to see the move of God, church, it's not in church here. It's not in these four walls. It's not in the four walls. It's not a display. You can, you can fall. Oh, you can speak in tongues. No, we're not here to outshine ourselves. All of this equipping, all of this teaching is for you to go out to the marketplace. Go out to the marketplace and win souls for Christ and dominate and establish God's kingdom in that place. That's the whole purpose, the main thing. Every other one is just an addition. Every other thing is an addition. Because if you don't use it, just a matter of time, the power will go. It's when you start utilizing for the purpose which he has called you for. Matthew says that what? Seek first the kingdom of God. Every other thing will be added. Every other thing. Hallelujah, church. So go out there. See, when you're actually exercising it, that's when you see the work. That's not a good place to learn. That's not a place it can speak to you. Lay hands on this particular place, and it's, you see God's is backing your word. They're not just in the four walls of the church. We are called to go out to save souls. Not just enough to pray in tongues here. Yes, we pray in tongues here to charge ourselves, to build our faith, to see that we are strengthening. But when you get to work on Monday, go and do exploits. All of what we're teaching about koinonia is for you to go out there to do exploits. That before your boss comes in to tell you this, God has revealed to you, this is what you're going to ask, and this is how you're going to do that job. I've seen that kindness in my workplace. Particularly, I was working in the field. So part of my job is actually go out in the plant to identify issues and try and solve them before they happen. Can't let them have seen it. It's go to this particular equipment and I go there. This is where the problem is. I want to go there. And actually, the way I said it, it's already happening. You call the mechanics, they fix it. It's there to help you. But only when you rely on him. It's only when you depend on him. As we know, wrap up, the last part, the last thing there is simple. Communicate with him. This is how you build emotion. You communicate. You identify the first that he's a person. He's caught alongside with you. He's caught alongside with you. Then you yield. 
Because the extent to which you can go is depend on your level of obedience. And thirdly, like I said, you come as you are. Whether it be the mistake, come, come, come that way. Whatever error you've made, come that way. He wants you in his presence. He wants you to be there. Because when you step out, things can happen. The devil can do great things. Can do, put the mighty works in your life and destroy it. Then as you're there in his presence, invest in the word. Invest in the word. Then last part I talked about is now you're investing time. Doing out there, going out to do work. But in all of this, you need to communicate. That's where it ties us all. Because if you don't communicate, if you don't talk with him, you can never maximize it. You can never maximize it. It's in that place of intimacy, he can reveal himself to you. It's in that place of intimacy, he can tell you what you need to do, how you need to do it, give you specific instructions. It's that place of intimacy. Wait, you're not in a hurry to leave. You're not just blabbing in tongues mindlessly. No. You're conscious that there's somebody you're talking to. There's somebody, there's somebody you're working with. There's somebody you're in partnership with. You have the consciousness of the spirit with you. So you're not just lay brother. No, 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 no. You're conscious there's somebody with you that you're communicating with. And to make communication complete, it's not enough you talk. You have to be be quiet to listen, to hear. And oftentimes, that's where we have a challenge. We are scared that he will not speak. So we don't want to wait. So you don't want to feel disappointment. So we're able to beat that disappointment. We just talk and remove. If you can, if you talk to me later, I hear. Don't be scared. Wait, because he will speak to you. Be patient enough to just wait. Be patient enough to just be in his presence and let him speak. Beyond the storm in your heart, his word will come true. That's how I would say you need to practice meditation. Meditating on the scripture, what meditation does, it brings you to the point where you are calm enough. You look beyond the storm. You look beyond the issues around. All of those ones, like the one song says, when every other thing what, fades away. When every other thing becomes a shadow in the light of his word. When every other thing loses substance and the word of God becomes a real thing in front of you. And that can only come when you stay on the word. You meditate on it. You're, you're shooing it. You're thinking it. You're ruminating on it. You take a thing, you bring it back up. You go through it over and over, asking him questions. He's telling you an answer. You're going back again with it, breaking it in different direction. So in this place, you see him doing things. Because you know that process, that's when the beauty is going. He's telling you, stop doing this. Go and, go and apologize to this person. Forgive this person. You need to sow this seed. In all of these instructions, he's just walking in you. To that point, you become the perfect image 
of Christ. But in that core place of intimacy, because everything I'm explaining comes to this particular point of view, communicating with him, talking with him. You're staying in his presence. You're not in a hurry to leave. That you're in the bathroom, you're dressing up, and who are you talking to? You can't do that. You can't talk like that to your spouse or to your girlfriend or your boyfriend. We, you want to sit down and talk to them. You want to, they want to have your attention. They want to have your attention. And you know, for us as guys, more, I'll use that as an explanation for it. Oftentimes, when for me, once I'm watching a movie, it's almost like I zone out. My mind is, for some, is a is a football or a sport. And after when my wife is talking to me, is, uh, 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 and after she just be quiet, when you're ready, we talk. And that's how it is with the Holy Spirit. When you're ready to give me attention, I'll talk to you. When you're ready to give me your full attention, he will talk to you. So, church, one of the actions I need to take in these coming weeks, as the year comes to an end, give God your full attention. We might just dedicate 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever it is. Whatever it is, give him your full attention. The Bible says, draw closer to me, and I'll do what? Draw closer to you. Hallelujah, church. I'm going to take a few minutes to pray. Give me Psalm 103. Verse 30. No, Psalm 104, verse 30. See, there are a lot of benefits when you relate with the Holy Spirit, when it comes into your place, when it comes into your life, comes into your family, comes into your business, when you release Him, when you release the Spirit, things begin to happen. There's no way you can interact with those spirits that you remain the same. No! No church, is not possible. When you encounter him, it will be clear this man has encountered God. But it's in that place of intimacy. You've heard that story that where couples, they've stayed long enough, they start looking like each other. It's simple intimacy. It's not the same for every couple. Couples that fight, like they stay together 20 years fighting, they will look different. So it's not just a natural phenomenon. The key thing then is that they are intimate together. They are relate. They have that koinonia, fellowship together. That's when they both start looking alike. Part of our prayer is going to be this. It says, when you send your spirit, they are created. You renew the face of the ground. Get me NLT. If you don't even pray in tongues, I need you to be expectant. Just release yourself. He's here. He wants to come in. All you simply do, all this simple prayer, I need you, come into my life. You have permission to come in. That's all you need. And he will come in. And he will come in. 
He says, when you give them your breath, life is created. And you renew the face of the earth. Are we on earth? Church, are we on earth? So we're going to pray for the release of your spirit. Over your life. Over what be this, over what be this. Pray for the release of your spirit. If you can pray in tongues, pray in your prayer language. Pray for the release of his spirit. Church, are you praying? Pray for a release of his spirit. Pray for a release of his spirit. Pray for his release of his spirit. You renew, you renew our faces. You renew our lives. You need the Holy Spirit. You need him in your life. You need him in your business. Kali ketoze bekiado. Kiziti bededei. Zudi i beketoza di kete dededei. Zama katali bededei. Zudi kede dededei. Zoke peli zidi dededei. Zoke pedi zutiki kede dededei. Church, I need you to pray. Kala latoza. We acknowledge your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. I'm still going to pray. Give me Isaiah 32, verse 15. Can we just be on our feet? Isaiah 32, verse 15. He says, till the spirit is poured on us from on high, the desert will not become a fertile field. Your business will not grow. That challenge will not grow, will not leave. So where the spirit of the Lord, he said there is liberty. You are set free, you are set loose. When the spirit is there, it brings fruitfulness. And the fact that it becomes like a field, it seems like a forest. Next verse. So the lost justice will dwell in the desert. His righteousness live in the fertile field. 617. The fruit of that righteousness will be peace. Its effect will be quietness and confidence forever. 18. My people will live in a peaceful dwelling places. In secure homes, in undisturbed places of rest. 19. Though hell flatters the forest and the city is leveled completely. 20. How blessed you will be. Sowing your seed by every stream and letting your businesses range free. You're not, you're not afraid that something will happen. 21. So, church, let's begin to pray. For God, release the spirits. 
Get back to verse 15. Karibato Zedede. Zudi Beketi Zedede. Zede, pray for his spirit to be released. He is here with you. Pray for his spirit to be released in your life. Kali Keto Zedede. It's when his spirit is released. You will be fruitful. You will be fruitful. You will be fruitful. Kali Kati Zedeketose. Raka Pali Sutu Zidi Yerede. Lahi Tuziki Perede. Raki Tuzedi Commando Sotele. Raka Pado Zedi Zedede. Sudi Ibeki Sutu Zedede. Raki Sutuli Kali. Sudi Beki Siti Dedede. Radu Zuki Peketali Zedede. Release your spirit, Holy Spirit, upon us. Hey, Iketos Ali Pakatali. Makatali Edede. Father, we give you praise. I don't know what you're struggling with out there. I don't know what is holding you back from being vulnerable with your spirit. But all I ask for you this morning, come back to him. Yield to him. Yield. He sees everything. He sees everything. All the things, what I think you're playing, all the tricks you're playing, he sees it all. He only wants you to just yield. Give him all the pieces. How broken they are. He will fix it. He will fix it. So I need you to yield, church. What will be that problem? You know, lady before God right now in prayer. What will be the challenge you're facing that's holding you back, laid before God? He's yet to fix it. He's the helper. He's the fixer. He's the fixer. He's the ultimate fixer. He is the ultimate fixer. The ultimate fixer. No matter be the problem, he can fix it. What will be the challenge? What will be the helmets? Yield that disease. Whatever it is, give it to him. He will fix it. He will heal you. He will strengthen you. All you need to do is yield. Holy Spirit, I've done my job. Have your way. Have your way in life of your people. Have your way. You are the one that convicts. You're the one that heals. Where your spirit is, because I know your spirit is here. Set your people free. For whatever be the addiction, whatever be what is Yabadoze, for whatever they've submitted themselves to, and they become slaves to that thing. Baba set them free, break them free. In Jesus' name, afraid. And if you're here, you've not given your life to Jesus Christ. And you truly want to enjoy this fellowship with the Holy Spirit. It starts with you giving your life to Jesus Christ. Every one of us here, I believe we have done it at one. I've done it. So you can still just put up your hand. And it's a simple thing. It doesn't take long. It's, there's no... You just need to acknowledge it. Is anybody here that want to give their life to Jesus Christ? 
Father, we thank you. We give you praise. Our hearts are open. Feel us, Lord. Feel us with your spirit. Feel us with your spirit. Thank you, Father. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. You cannot just say it. Before I step down and uh, Minister Deborah come up, there are two things I just want to touch on. October 3rd, what is happening? Let me see. So we have the SORT conference coming up October 3rd. And it's a conference for singers. So all the singers that us, please and please do not miss this. And it's happening in our mainland church. The program will start by 9. I want to believe the bus set is here by 7. I'll take people to the mainland church. So please and please, clear out your schedule for Monday, next week, by 9. Then secondly, prayer school is commencing. Uh, those in discovery school, when is it starting? 8th of October. Like we talked about, for you to build, have communion with your Holy Spirit, it starts in that place of prayer. Prayer school is the way, it's more like a, um, a training, is a place where you can call and you will taught how to pray the right way. It's not backing orders at God. So I need you to take your time, register. If you want to build your prayer life, if you want to refine your prayer life, register for this. Praise the Lord. That's welcome, Minister David. We know you've been blessed by this message. To order a copy of this message or any of our messages, you can call us on 080-777-14411 or 080-777-14412 or you can visit our website on www.davidschristiancenter.org David's Christian Center, home of victorious people.